You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Hi everybody, did you miss us? That was creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, We're here to creep everybody out. Well, you do a hell of a job. Am I, am I creeping you out, Madison? <laughs> Slightly, yes. Yes. Welcome back to the crazy train that is the OKC82 podcast, everybody. Um, we are performing this at an undisclosed Rudy's location. In Norman. In Norman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Madison was uh, she was in my neck of the woods tonight. I and, was. Um, uh, we've been trying to get the podcast for the All-Star break going um, the last few days. And today was a good day. Today she was, she was in God's country. And, uh, yeah, so (laughs) quick, really, uh, story before we get into the actual meat of the show. Um, But Madison and I are standing in line at Rudy's to get food. And I'm talking to her for like five seconds. And then all of a sudden she just says, oh, hey, coach. And I turn around and it's Lon Lon Kruger. And at first I thought it was just another person in the long line of people that Madison knows. Randomly knows. (laughs) Madison knows everybody. Everybody knows Madison. And uh, Lon Kruger was just talking to her like he knew her. And, uh, you know, Lon's a, he, he's a great, great human being. You know, it was fun to kind of chat with him. Uh, he said that we should get Buddy healed on the podcast, so. We're going to work on that. We'll go to, we'll go to King Shoot around and be like, hey, Buddy. I know you've got plans after the game, but, but your old college coach said you need to be on this, uh, on this here podcast about the Thunder. <laughs> he would love that. Yeah. Like That'd you, be great. You watched the Thunder a little bit when you played at OU, right? Right. You, you did. Don't lie. Do not lie. <laughs> Kevin Durant came and went and saw one of your games. There you go. Oh, boy. Yeah, Katie met uh, Baker Mayfield that day. Uh, <laughs> you know who else met Baker Mayfield and didn't recognize him at first? Who? That'd be uh, a good old Paul George. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say you. No, I'd probably have done that too, because we all know the story with Bob Stoops. So, no, 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 they, we don't know that the. So, long story short, I am at the Children's Hospital in Oklahoma City doing a story for one of my journalism classes, and in walks Bob Stoops, and my weirdo brain for some reason blinked out, and I didn't recognize him. So I straight up asked him, "Do I know you from somewhere?" And he looks at me so confused, and he's like, well, ma'am, I am Bob Stoops. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And you, and you were like, and? and uh, <laughs> that means nothing to me. No, I'm just kidding. Who were, but, were you with anybody at the time? Nope, I was by myself, uh, standing at the children's hospital. Well, wait, didn't you do this with uh, Barry Switzer once? Uh, that was when I was about three or four years old in Toys R Us. So you've been trolling OU coaches like since <laughs> since birth, since man, birth. since day one. So he was just next on my list. Madison is the essential OSU cowgirl. <laughs> um, and one more quick thing, um, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast that Madison and I um, work half-assed on. <laughs> no, it's um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been grueling at times, especially like it's going to be grueling tomorrow when the Thunder take on the Jazz because that's an 8.30 tip-off for whatever R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, and God, Goodbye. you know, that's, that's a team that could give the Thunder some fits. Which could lead to a long locker room, which then could lead to a podcast being recorded after midnight Probably on a Friday 2 night. You know, when when we need to be out clubbing and you know doing our doing being our young, young person. And fun. Yeah, being well, I used to be young and fun. You, you, Madison. Still <laughs> I am have a still ch- young and fun. You still have a chance. Um, yeah, 
all that can still be going on for all we know but you know everybody thank you guys so much for listening it does mean a lot um we've got some good response on twitter of course we always get great questions um i've seen on a few unconnected oklahoma sports media message boards um i've seen our podcast actually mentioned before mainly nice. because everybody loves madison but hey oh, i learned a long time ago that if you're going to be good at something you've got to attach or ride the coattails if you will <laughs> of other talented people and that's that's exactly what i'm doing with madison but um <laughs> too, you know e- even people at the franchise um that are really helpful and um that do i mean i don't know i mean just uh, i don't know i just i just want to say thank you to everybody it means a lot and uh thank you for listening so um without yeah. without any further awesome. stupid ado also I keep saying one more thing, one more thing. Um, shout out to uh, Jeff Redface. Ah, uh, yes. Um, for those that aren't aware, that aren't in the market, uh, we, Madison and I work for 107.7 The Franchise, as you all know. Um, Jeff Redface used to work for us. Um, just passed away yesterday. It's really, really sad, really unfortunate. Prayers for his family, of course. Um, didn't really know him that well. Uh, we would talk all the time on Twitter about OU football and stuff. Mass and I know you were a little bit closer. Actually got to work with him more than I did, but um, just wanted to give him a little shout-out before we got into uh, the for podcast. For sure. Shout-out to Jeff. Rest easy. Rest in paradise. And just a big thank you for all he did while he was at the station and how he mentored people and reached out to people when they needed it. Definitely learned a lot from him when he was around. So definitely shout-out to Jeff. Yeah really really sad but um life does go on and so does the, so does the basketball season um it was a weird all-star all-star break madison mm-hmm. i uh i was looking forward to it so much because i mean i actually got the all-star break off early because you and jerry had to do the uh, post game show on valentine's, valentine's day <laughs> which how was spending valentine's day with uh, jerry Ramsey? you know valentine's day was just incredibly memorable this year because like you said spent it with jerry ramsey chisholm Hollum was uh, Chisholm, did I say his name right? Chisholm Holland. Oh, one of those names. One of those Chisholm names. Uh, he was there, and uh, we had some grapes and goldfish, watched uh, some Thunder basketball, watched the Thunder lose some basketball. That was a little was a bad, unfortunate. Was a bad, but, uh, bad game. It was a weird game. Very weird all around. But we uh, we had a fun post game, and then we went about our ways. I dipped out. I dipped out sooner than Anthony Davis did in that game. So, <laughs> um, no, it was it was quite busy. I didn't really get to relax as much as I thought I would. But hey, basketball's back, and there's a part of me that's excited about it. Oh um, yes. And it, we're gonna get into the grueling part of the season. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, the Thunder kick off things fairly quickly with a back-to-back uh, tomorrow night against the Jazz, and then Saturday night against the Sacramento Kings, but um, I think really quick, and I, I know you guys probably talked about it maybe a little bit um, on the post-game show, but now that we've had a few more days to think about it, and now that he's actually here, mm-hmm. and we got I got to see him at practice mass and was at her other job, but Markeith Morris, mm-hmm. the people are excited. The people huh. are excited. They're excited about a third Morris in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Not the most athletic Morris, because that <laughs> goes to me. We all know this. Yeah. But, um, no, I think people are really excited to see Markeith Morris here. Um, I think that's going to be a very special addition to the Thunder just going forward, because I do think this team has one of the toughest schedules left. And so adding an addition like Markeith Morris, a guy who can shoot, someone who's strong, um, kind of a guy to play 
that position that really needs to be fill, uh, filled. So I, I'm very intrigued by his playing style. I'm very excited that he's here for this team. I think uh, people are going to react to that pretty well. And I think he's going to come out maybe not tomorrow, but whenever uh, Billy Donovan does decide to play him and put him out there for the Thunder fans to eat alive. I think that's going to be interesting. And just to see how he me uh, meshes with this team is going to be great. I think the, the biggest thought out there when people, you know, knew that Marquise was coming to Oklahoma City was – okay, if, if one guy's going to miss, like, have reduced minutes, it's going to be Patrick Patterson. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, the more I've thought about it, it, it just makes it makes a lot of sense that the Thunder went this route with Markeith because, you know, I, I love Patrick Patterson. He's, he's phenomenal to us. And when he initially signed with the Thunder a few off-seasons ago, mm -hmm. you know, I had the same thought everybody else did. Like, wow, he's going to just be standing in the corner and shoot 38 percent from the three-point line, and it's going to be something that the Thunder really need. And, you know, Patterson has had such a great career going back to Toronto in the postseason. Like, all those things were in my head. It just really hasn't come to fruition for one reason or another in his time with Oklahoma City. But the thing that I've been thinking about with Markeith uh, compared to Patrick Patterson is, you know, we know what the Thunder are. They're, they're a bunch of really long, lengthy athletes. Mm -hmm. They like to get um, they like to force turnovers. They like to get out on fast break. They like to do all these things to make up for their inherent flaws of not being, on paper, a really good shooting team. When Patrick Patterson goes out there, it's it's just a different type of it's like a I mean, I don't know, it's like when you're watching a movie and then it's a it's not even a good twist, but it's like the movie just like is something for an hour and then an hour and 30 minutes in it just <laughs> completely changes. And I don't want to put all that on Patrick Patterson. I don't want to you know, like, He's a he's a bench guy, mm -hmm. so there's not that much onus on him to perform, but right. he just doesn't necessarily match a lot of what the Thunder want to do in terms right. of like getting out the fast break, forcing turnovers because Patterson's up there in age, so when you think about the addition of Marquise Morris, it makes a lot of sense in that respect. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree. And I think, you know, Patrick Patterson, who as, uh, is recently engaged, by the way. Yeah, did, so, every, did everybody uh, go to Turks and Caicos? I think the entire team took like a Turks and Caicos little resort getaway type thing because that's really where all the would, all would that have went. been weird if like they actually all did go because Rust went Patrick Patterson went I Paul think, went like if they ran into each other were they like dude like bro like, this <laughs> was my vacation like I see you every day I <laughs> wanted to come to Turks and Caicos <laughs> um no I don't know but anyway like congrats to Patrick but I mean I agree with what you're saying I I really do like the way that Patrick Patterson plays. I just think he's been struggling a lot lately. And I think right now, especially with uh, the latter half of the season coming up, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be something that they're going to have to take very seriously. I think they're going to have to put the guys out there that are going to perform the best, that are going to help this team reach success. And if Patrick Patterson is not going to play to that kind of level, then, I mean, here comes Marquis Morris to kind of do some great things. And I think that's kind of what – the mentality was bringing Morris to Oklahoma City. Yeah, if you go back to last year, Corey Brewer, Corey Brewer, but one of the hardest names for my weird, Corey Brewer, terrible Oklahoma accent to say, Corey Brewer, when he was signed on last year as a buyout guy, um, you know, he hit the ground running and made an impact. Now, of course, as we got further and further into the regular season and then into the postseason. You know a lot of the flaws that Corey Brewer brings to, to the table you know they kind of came to fruition as well mm -hmm. he's not the he's not the level of defender that the Thunder needed him to be 
last year at that time because you know they're they weren't the defensive juggernaut they are now yeah they were heavily reliant on Andre Robertson Corey Brewer made an impact initially and it didn't <laughs> it didn't go out that well that well let's mm-hmm. just say but I think with Markeith there's just a better I feel like that this team and I've felt this way going back even to the offseason when Dennis Schroeder was uh, traded for for Carmelo Anthony I feel like because this team has a better grasp on its identity that it's so much easier to add players like Markeith Morris mm-hmm. and like Dennis Schroeder um, it's so much easier to integrate your role guys than it is to like okay here's Carmelo Anthony with Paul George as well as Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. so like everybody needs to touch the ball X Y and Z like X amount of times um, I think with Markeith when you have a player like that on an established team with an established identity I think all the things that he does well he can focus on and bring to the table and mm-hmm. all of his flaws you know like he he gets kind of billed as a as a decent three point shooter, and he is, but he's not the three point shooter that his brother, that uh, Monte is. Mm-hmm. He's not that type of shooter. But um, when he's adding himself to a team like this in this rotation, I feel like a lot of the uh, flaws that he can have don't really matter as much. And it's it's the same thing with Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson is a flawed basketball player, but the Thunder have not lost a game because of Patrick mm-hmm. Pass. They're not right, going to lose. Yeah. They're not going to lose games because of of yeah. Marquise Morris. But you can say there have been games that Patrick Patterson's had a, a heavy hand in winning because he hits some timely threes mm-hmm. or he makes a timely basket or a timely defensive play. So that's kind of like the whole point of my little ramble is just if you're going to add a guy like um, like this, he needs to bring something to the table mm-hmm. or add to something that's already there. And I yeah. think Marquise does both those things. I do too. I'm excited, man. Let's let's just see how he plays out there. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't pay much attention to uh, to the Wizards this season and uh, I don't think past it, seasons. I don't even think Fred Katz has. <laughs> yeah. and he covers the damn team. I'm, so. I'm gonna be totally honest. <laughs> I I don't have a lot of prior knowledge of Markeith Morris and kind of how he plays, but I have seen. Um, now that, you know, the talk about him coming to Oklahoma City, now that he is here at the Thunder have signed him, I have paid a little bit more attention to him. So, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. This will be good. It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Thunder still do have another roster spot open. Um, a lot of people might say that, you know, Deontay Burton's going to take that, take that spot. The Thunder still have two weeks till March, what, March 1st, mm-hmm. roughly a, a good amount of days. Right. Um, there still might be some guys that might get bought out here and there that the Thunder are going to at least, I guess, keep their options open. That's what Sam Presti loves to do. So who knows, this roster may still have one more person to add, or it might be a guy that we all know with Deontay Burton. Yeah. Um, I guess... I like Deontay Burton. Just putting do- it out there. Who doesn't like Deontay Burton? I like the excitement uh, that he plays with. I like kind of... I mean, he makes mistakes. But I think it's just because it's one of those it's one of those situations like he is new to the big leagues, I guess. So I think it's gonna have to come a little bit later on for him. But I like the way he plays. I like the energy he brings, and I like how powerful this guy is. And so I mean, if that last roster spot was filled by Deontay Burton, I wouldn't be totally mad about it, unless they did find someone who was just like head and shoulders above Burton. Which no one is. Which no one is. Nobody I mean, is be Burton. Not even Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, Ma- Madison, like really quick, um, do you have their schedule? Run I do. Down? Yes. They're at 37 and 20 right now. The third in the West. They mm-hmm. have a they have a realistic shot to pull off the second seed. 
That'd be awesome. Um, I guess my, I guess really what I'm trying to get at is what we've seen from this team. Do you think it's going to be easy for this team to turn on that defensive switch, or? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess mainly offensively and defensively. Like, we know what this team is capable of defensively, mm-hmm. but offensively, you know, you got guys like Terrence Ferguson that are shooting in the high 30s. You got guys like Jeremy Grant that are shooting in the high 30s all season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just – I'm so cautious to say, like, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to see the rest of the year because mm-hmm. we both know what happened last year at the All-Star break. Right. George fell off the map. Uh, Russell Westbrook kind of cooled down. Carmelo Anthony – who was okay to solid at um, randomly, you know, in the middle yeah. part of the year, <laughs> really started to slow down, yeah. culminating in that terrible, terrible loss on the road against Boston where he missed those free throws to win the game. Yikes. Oh, my God. That, oh my was, God. that was cringeworthy. <laughs> um, but I guess when you look at their schedule, and everybody knows it's, you know, one of the more tougher schedules um, to finish out the year. Are you at all worried that the Thunder are going? Because, I mean, forget about trying to get the second seed or, like, how could they match up against the Warriors. Yeah. Do you feel – are they in danger of basically losing their ground? I mean, you're looking at the teams that they have left. They have 25 games left in this regular season, and that is full of the Warriors, the Trailblazers, the Pacers. They haven't – they haven't even played the Pacers yet. They played the Pacers, um, the, Ra- the Raptors. The Raptors. They, they have got, the Bucks again. They got the Bucks on the road. Um, they do have the Lakers again. I mean, they have the Timberwolves, and I know everyone's kind of like, Meh, whatever. But, okay, let us not forget what has happened the past couple of times that Thunder have played the Timberwolves. So, you know, I, I don't feel completely optimistic that things are going to get, like – incredible after this all-star break but at the same time i don't feel pessimistic about the thunder completely blowing it and having kind of a similar outcome as last season where guys like brady just said like paul and carmel i mean they don't even have carmelo but paul and russell kind of go cold uh if fans start to see guys like jeremy grant and terrence ferguson go cold yeah that's going to be a big problem so i think this game against the jazz and then the game against the Kings the very next night is going to be extremely telling. And if the guys are not going to come out and perform to a high level after they just got back from freaking Turks and Caicos, <laughs> then I think I think that's going to be a little bit of a determining factor. I think there could be um, like a little sprout of energy if those games go really bad. I'm not saying they're going to be totally doomed if they drop these first two games. But at the same time, like every game right now is incredibly important, especially with the kind of schedule that they have left. And they're about to play a team they haven't even played yet this season. So it's just, it's very, it's very important. The rest of the schedule is extremely important. It's going to be tough. And I think that it's going to be telling the way that they play these next two games. One really quick thing on like the Thunder's offense and their ability to shoot. And I don't know if you saw this. I was I was digging through some stats, and I still have a little bit of insomnia from staring at the computer screen so much. Um, Terrence Ferguson's played 49 games this year. Um, he shot 37% or above in 21 of those games, and all but three of those came um, have come since December. So. You know, everyone knows that, yeah, since December, Terrence Ferguson has been a completely different player. 
And I think we've all been kind of conditioned, like whether you're a fan of the Thunder or whether you're us and you're covering the team, that, yeah, this team doesn't shoot the ball well. Right. Like, they need shooting. The Thunder have shooting, and I like Terrence Ferguson has played his way into a, like this little sweet spot of he's in between, okay, that was just a hot streak, and this is the trend. Mm-hmm. I think that this is what Terrence Ferguson is. And if that's the case, uh, Matt Moore tweeted this out the other day about the the Thunder's offensive uh, charts where, you know, their numbers greatly increased when Terrence Ferguson started shooting the ball well. Like, that's how important Terrence Ferguson is. That's mm-hmm. how important um, – I mean, everybody pointed it out in that Houston win, um, that big comeback victory a few weeks ago. Uh, one of the large reasons why Russell Westbrook was able to go to the, the rim with nobody there was because Chris Paul had to stay on Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. That is so important. And, you know, the flip side of that is um, I also looked at Jeremy Grant's um, corner numbers from um, from three. They're by far the best on the team um, in percentage and by attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, his performance from three, I think over 100 of his three-point attempts have been – completely unguarded and I think you keep that Jeremy Grant keeps that up next year he's going to be hard-pressed to find a three-point shot that's unguarded right that's going to be bad for him but good overall for the offense and I think that when you've got guys like Terrence and Jeremy shooting at that clip and even Dennis Schroeder Dennis Schroeder's shooting almost 40 percent since January Mm -hmm. it's insane how this team is just randomly shooting the ball well but um, with the floor being spaced so so wide and everybody being so open you've got distributors like Russell Westbrook and Paul George on your team I, I kept saying it like the last few podcasts um, the sky's the limit for this team and it, um, yeah. offensively and it's just so weird because we we went into the season knowing full well um, if they're going to do anything it's going to be because of their defense and that's been why they've been so, so successful but the last few weeks they've been winning games because they've outscored guys Yeah. so um, what I want to see from this team post All Star break is just okay. You you now have the Russell Westbrook. You now have the trust that guys like Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson, they can they can hit big shots. We all you have the confidence that Dennis Schroeder can come in if you're Billy Donovan can come in and give you a spark if your team's a little flat offensively to wake your team back up. Mm-hmm. And Paul George is playing at an MVP level, so. Um, what I want to see is just that. I need that to continue, and I need the defense to come back to where it kind of was in yeah. the first few months of the year. So, um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be hard because you're gonna be playing teams that are either tanking, and that's gonna make your stats and your numbers look not awesome. And then you're gonna have teams that are scratching and clawing for that playoff seed that you right. already have. So, you know, some things are gonna get a little skewed here and there. But I think overall projecting this team this postseason, I think you can be fairly confident with how they can perform. No, I agree. I mean, I – so Brady was telling me kind of before we recorded this podcast to kind of pick, like, a record for the remaining games, and I'm going to go with 17-8. and I I said 17-8. Did you really? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, because I was going to say 16-9, and but I don't know. I just – I really feel like – because the, the only game that kind of was, um, I don't know, messing with me a little bit was going to be that Timberwolves game on March 5th. And they're in Minnesota for that game. And just for some reason, I don't know what's been going on, but some reason the Thunder have not been able to perform Andrew very Wiggins well is going to drop 40. <laughs> again. And so, yeah, I don't know. But I'm going to go ahead and say 17-8 and eight for the remainder. I mean, it's, it's so hard to project like a week 
yeah. you know, a week down the road in the NBA because so much can happen. You know, guys oh, can so be out. so much can happen. And e- even if a guy is out, you don't know how that team will perform in that guy's yeah. out. Even if it's LeBron James. The Lakers played really well without LeBron James. That doesn't mean that the Lakers are better without LeBron. It just meant that some guys stepped up because they knew they had to. Yes. And, yes, the Thunder probably overlooked the baby Lakers just a tad because LeBron's not out there. No, these things happen that you cannot at all project. So um, it's just nice to kind of throw it like, oh, yeah, 17 and 9. But I think the biggest thing for me is um, even if they go, I think, a little bit over 500, I think, was like if they go 14 and 12, they hit their their overall season prediction, which was 48, 49 wins. And that, at this point, would be incredibly, incredibly disappointing. But I don't think they're going to to do that. And I think that's what you can kind of overall project is, like, are they going to exceed expectations? Are they going to meet them? Or are they going to disappoint? I think they're going to meet expectations. Um, if If they exceed expectations, that means they not only get the two seed, but they almost challenge Golden State for the one, and that's mm-hmm. not happening. So, no, um, yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say with the talent that they have, with how they've been playing, and with how they could play with Marquise Morris being introduced into the fold, yeah, I think they're going to be right up there in the two-seed, three-seed spot, which is a far cry from last year where they were flirting with the seventh, the sixth, right. and the fifth seed a few weeks left in the year. Well, and that's what they want. They want the second or third seed right now just so they can make a run in the playoffs instead of possibly face, like, Golden State right away and things just go south super fast or even Denver I don't know I mean wild things can happen so <laughs> who knows but um yeah you want to do questions yeah let's do questions yeah we had questions we had a few questions from yesterday so uh thank you guys everybody so um we can start with our good friend Sam Mace and he asks us what do you think PG needs to average a game to win the MVP over the next 25 Hashtag long-time listener. Hashtag love the show. <laughs> what does he need to average to um, win the MVP? Yes. Um, oh, wow. Well, he's at, what, 28, 29 points per game right now. I think mm-hmm. the last few weeks he's been averaging almost, like, high 30s. At one, I, I think the last two games may have dropped him up, um, below 40 because at one point he was doing, like, 40 points a game. Right. Um, but... I don't think it's going to be a points per game issue for Paul. I think it's just going to be something like if James Harden keeps this up, if he keeps scoring over 30 points, if the Rockets relatively are successful, um, that's going to be hard to, you know, dispel if you're mm-hmm. like making a case for Paul George. And then all the, and then always, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Bucks have n- not gone through a bad stretch this year. They, yeah. Like the Thunder had a bad stretch. Yeah. They had two. They started 0-4, then they they had that stretch of five games where they lost four, and two of them were to terrible teams. Yeah. And three of those games were at home. Um, I I don't know. Like It's mainly just because I, I want Giannis to win the MVP because I think he's deserved it. Mm-hmm. I think the whole James Harden thing is a little silly, and people that are trying to make this argument about how, well, if you voted for Russell Westbrook because he broke a historical record two years ago and he had nobody else on his team to help him out, then you're a hypocrite. No, you can have a different opinion. Every season is different. Every player is different. The difference between Russell's and James Harden's seasons, Russell Westbrook broke a record that people sat in bars and got drunk together and said, 
I wonder who would ever break this record, the triple double mm-hmm. record. Like, no, no one's ever going to do that. No one's ever talked about, oh my God, so and so back in 1994 scored 35 consecutive games um, over 30 points. Like, no one cared about that until it actually happens. Right. And that, I'm not trying to take away from it, but when you're comparing that historical landmark with the triple double thing, which nobody thought would ever be sniffed. Yeah. I'm sorry, those those two things do not compute. Plus, Russell also had the street cred um, mm-hmm. narrative that year of Kevin Durant leaving him. James Harden does not have that street cred narrative following him around. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. There, there are three guys that are having three outstanding years. Um, but, you know, for Sam Mays, uh, for his question, Paul, let's just say if he, if he averages from here on out over um, 32 points a game, he might make a huge, like, not just third, not just kind of a, an honorary mention for the MVP. Mm-hmm. He might actually win it if that's the case. If it's 32 a game from here on out, yeah, that means the Thunder are winning a lot of games. That means Paul George has a lot, a uh, huge say, to be, say about that. Yeah, because there's even a couple of games where Paul got around like 28, 29, 30 points, and the Thunder still kind of had like a disappointing or just an average game, but Paul George still was doing what Paul George did. And so, I don't know, I agree that I think he needs to definitely hit above 30 uh, but he also needs to be very sustainable and he needs to come back from all-star break like there was no break at all I mean I watched him in the all-star game he actually looked pretty good he had some great uh, just some great moments in that game so if he's going to come back and he's still going to be the Paul that left Oklahoma City to go on this two one and a half week break whatever it was then I mean I agree I think he can make a serious run for it um, mainly because he's not someone who's just carrying a team. He's someone who is contributing to a team that's doing good things, having a successful run right now. So that's why I think he would be a better contender. Oh, shoot, that's a hot take. But <laughs> I think he would be a better contender than James Harden right now. But um, as for, like, I mean, what Brady was saying about Giannis, I've been a huge Giannis fan this season. I think he's just been phenomenal over in Milwaukee. So... I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I, I definitely think it would have to be above 30 for Paul to, you know, achieve that, I guess. But he's also going to have to do exactly what he was doing, either at the same level or at a higher level. And I guess we'll find out if he's capable of doing that tomorrow night. He also doesn't need to have his uh, shoes be ruining, you know, potential <laughs> lottery picks, uh, that playoff or NBA futures. That was Shame brutal. on you, Paul George. How, Shame on you, Paul. How could you sleep at night? God. Paul. Just kidding. Just kidding. But uh, Chisholm Holland, Holland. Wow, I said his name Holland, wrong Holland. twice tonight. Chisholm. I'm so sorry, Chisholm. Just call him Dutch. Let's just okay, call him let's Dutch. Call him Dutch. So Dutch asks, how many minutes does Morris average to finish the season? Well, Chisholm, I am perfectly capable of averaging as many minutes as Billy Donovan needs me to. Oh wait, yeah. wrong, Morris. Oh. <laughs> Not me. God, this is gonna be so confusing. Are you in shape? Are you like conditioned to play like 30 minutes right I'm now? In shape. I'm, I can play all. 48. Oh, wow. Come on. Come on now. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Put me in. Oh, Markeith. Minutes. This is going to be... This is going to be interesting because, like I said, like, does he just take away Patrick Patterson's minutes? Or, um... I I don't think he's a guy that you bury in the rotation like Patrick is. I mean, he's not buried, but he's not getting a lot of minutes. I mean, what is it? 12 to 15 a night? Um... I was gonna say ten. I think I think I think something that's kind of been thrown around that I've heard already is: Does Markeith Morris allow the Thunder to 
put Jeremy Grant at the three a little bit more. Um, I'm interested to see like Marquise Morris play a little bit of the five because you know Jeremy Grant's proven that he can play the five um, when the Thunder's hand is kind of forced. Yeah. Whether that's because their opponents are going absolutely small. Uh, Portland likes to do that a lot. Uh, the Golden State, of course, likes to do that as well. But now they've got Boogie Cousins, so I don't know why <laughs> they would want to do that. Um, uh, but at the same time, Jeremy Grant is still a little bit limited physically because he's just he's more long, lengthy, and athletic than mm. he is physically imposing. Right. So he can get bodied. That's why New Orleans seems to have a lot of success because last year they would have Boogie and AD going at you. Now it's a um, oh dang it. Julius Randle. I almost wanted to say Julius <laughs> Irving. I was like, that's not his name. Uh, Julius Randle and Anthony Davis. Um, that is, of course, until Anthony Davis went crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, but Julius Randle, you know, while he's not a, a amazing player, he's still a very huge physical presence right. that gives Jeremy Grant some uh, struggles. But I'm just I'm interested to see um, how Billy wants to use Markeith. And I don't know if you're going to see a lot of consistent – like, you might see him play, like, 19 minutes one night, then 10 minutes the following night. I think the postseason is where you're going to see him shine a lot, and that's yeah. where you'd see him heavily in the rotation. And that's kind of been the Thunder's M.O. even before Billy Donovan uh, with their buyout guys. Like, Derek Fisher, um, Karam Butler, those guys, they wouldn't really they, – they would see inconsistent time during the regular season, postseason. It was just like they were the sixth guy up, like the sixth man up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a postseason with Markeith. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Markeith is going to come out immediately out of the gates and just start pushing like 25, 30 minutes of playing time. But um, I don't know. He's kind of a guy that I see them using when it's very much so needed because I don't think they're going to want to mess up any kind of – I don't know, team chemistry they have going on right now because they're going to have to be careful because if they throw someone out there who's not quite ready to mesh with this team, it could be detrimental to the rest of the season. So they're going to have to play him smart and they're going to have to find a good time to put him in. So I'm going to agree with Brady about, I don't know, maybe like 12, 13, 14 minutes. I hope he's conditioned. He said he was, he's was he been ready for a minute today. So we'll, we'll ready see. Ready for a minute. Yeah, which is only 60 seconds, but I digress. That's, I mean, it was less time than it took for Zion to get her. Oh. oh. Next question. I felt really awkward <laughs> for saying that. Okay, so Sarah wants to know who wins a dunk contest between Diallo Ferguson and Grant. Hamadou Diallo. He's a slam dunk champion. <laughs> Obviously, Hamadou. Um, Jeremy Grant, I'll, I'll rank him in kind of the same boat as like Russell Westbrook where like, yeah, they're phenomenal dunkers, but I think that their ability to dunk is better suited for in-game. Yeah. Just the power and the ability to do it over somebody else. Um, I don't know how creative a dunker Russell Westbrook and uh, no Jeremy idea. Grant are. Uh, we've seen videos of Terrence Ferguson do it. We've seen Terrence Ferguson do it in games. Uh, Terrence and Hamadou are, of course, they're probably the more more theatrical with their dunks. Yes. But I was I was really surprised with Hamadou's uh, slam dunk performance. And I was too. It, it was, was just because like, like we know him as like really quiet and soft spoken and um, like he does a lot of his talking on the floor. There's a lot of his talking with his play. Um, but him like actually being theatrical and being a showman with like the Superman shirt and getting Shaq to come out there so he could jump over that him. That was like, rad. Like, that was, it was surprising. I was, I was really um, pleasantly surprised. I was happy for Ami. I was too because, I mean, of course, he didn't give us any kind of insight of his plans or what he was going to do. And I was like, I mean, I'm sure he was going to have someone help him, like, come up with some good ideas and whatnot. But, I mean, the guy's 20 years old, so I was like, 
I don't know the mind of a basketball player, especially in the NBA. So I had no idea what he was going to pull out. And then all of a sudden I see him bringing like the Superman shirt from underneath the jersey and jumping over Shaquille O'Neal. Like, what the and heck? He didn't even pull the, like, he didn't like piggyback off of him like so many of these guys do when they jump, quote unquote, over somebody. Um, they always like put their hand on their shoulder to push right. themselves up. Like, this was just straight. I'm, I can just jump to the roof. It was so. phenomenal. So, like, Proud of Hami. Because of what we've seen, I'll go with Hami. Same. So, uh, kind of along the same lines, Loud City Photography Jesse uh, asks us, do you think winning the slam dunk contest might give Diallo the boost of confidence he needs to push through that rookie wall? That's a good question. Um, shout out to Jesse. Um, he's the uh, famous fan photographer that's been taking all those badass pictures. Oh, um, no way. Yeah. Uh, I, shout uh, out to Jesse. I love those photos. Those, I believe the last practice before they went to New Orleans last week, I brought him to practice. And, oh, nice. Because uh, I was like, Madison's busy. I need some photography help. Yeah. And we, I reached out to him. We've been kind of going back and forth, trying to get him credentialed for uh, the jazz game tomorrow. And uh, so, so Madison doesn't have to do a thousand things during the game, and she can. I am just... going to follow <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, uh, Jesse's awesome. Give him a follow. He does a lot of great work. Um, I'm sure everybody's familiar with it already because I every day I see somebody take one of his pictures that he's taken, and I can always tell what it, where it is because you can tell it's being taken in the stands, but it's really good quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to you, Jesse. Um, but with this. Uh, it's a good question because I understand where it's coming from. And Hami is not a guy that is lacking in confidence. No. Um, he is not afraid of the moment. He is not intimidated by being a rookie in the NBA. And I think he's shown that. And I think that he's given himself a really good springboard going into his second year. And hopefully he can, he can follow a similar trajectory of progression that Terrence Ferguson did. Because while a lot of us thought Terrence Ferguson was going to be a good player, I don't think any of us foresaw him doing it this quickly at this level. So... You hope if you're homie that, that you can follow a similar tra- trajectory. But I think, sadly, as we get closer to the postseason and games start to matter a little bit more, rotations start to shrink, I think Hami's going to be one of those guys that probably gets left out of the rotation. Now, you'll probably see him, especially like Billy has him in his back pocket of if the team is completely flat, the team is does not have it whatsoever, and the defense is getting run back, mm. all right, you guys sit down, Hami go out there, go do something cool. Yeah. And he'll get a breakaway steal and maybe wake up the arena. That'd be great. You have that in your arsenal. So, um, I mean, I'm kind of bummed because I do like watching him play. But um, I think I think Hami's future is not going to be made in this post-All-Star break postseason. I think it'll probably be made next year kind of akin to Terrence Ferguson's. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Hami a lot. So, I hope for his sake and for, I guess – the excitement that he brings to the floor that he gets some pretty decent playing time with these final 25 games then obviously whatever happens in postseason but I mean yeah I don't really think it's a confidence thing for him I think it's just kind of a what's smart right now like what's the best thing to do for the rest of the season and if Hami doesn't make the rotation all the time then that's just going to be how it is but I mean he's definitely going to learn a lot from this season and he's going to come back stronger and better the next season so and that is me insinuating things. <laughs> also, um, real quick, Kim Pingleton did ask, are the Thunder back to practicing and has Markeith Morris made it to Oklahoma City? Hope he has, or sorry, hope he gets a true OKC welcome. Yes, Kim. Markeith Morris is here. I, I believe Kim liked or retweeted one of my uh, Markeith Morris, either the quote or the video today. Mm-hmm. So 
Everybody is aware. Everyone's aware. <laughs> he is here, and they are practicing. That, that's what happens when you have to reschedule a podcast. That does happen. <laughs> no, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be funny because people are gonna get OKC eighty two out the yin yang <laughs> because we got we're gonna this one will drop tonight. Um, got the Jazz tomorrow night, and then the Kings on, Kings Saturday, on night. Saturday. And then uh, Madison, you can't get rid of us. Yeah, and then Madison and I are going to get on an airplane on Monday and head up to Denver to go cover the game for the franchise on Tuesday night. So, ooh, it is, we gonna be tired. We're gonna and be then, tired. And then Joel Embiid and, and friends are coming thir- the following Thursday, which hopefully Joel Embiid can play, but. Um, I'll be you, so pissed. Did you not see that? I did see, okay, yeah. yeah. I know he's having like some problems, but I'm gonna like just totally come out and say that right now Joel Embiid is one of my favorite players in the league, and if I don't get to see him play in person this season, I will be thoroughly ticked. That'll be how I be if uh, Dwayne Wade doesn't suit up for uh, exactly. one game in uh, Oklahoma City. I'll be very upset. You'll be, be thoroughly upset. ticked. I'll cry. <laughs> I'll cry. In the, I'll cry in the car. <laughs> um, I like this question. This is a good one. Um, where was it? Oh, Supersonic Westbrook asks, what are the chances Nerlens chooses to leave this offseason since he has the player option? Um, we haven't even talked about Nerlens at all. Yeah, like, I, um, I've been kind of of the same opinion since the offseason, which has been thus. If Nerlens Noel is on this team next year, it's because he did not have a good showing. I think Nerlens Noel has really knocked it out of the park. I Same. think I think Nerlens has shown that he is a very capable backup center, mm-hmm. and you know maybe for like three to five teams that are desperate for a center, Nerlens Noel can provide you a lot of great things. Right. He's not like yeah, sadly he's not the guy that a lot of people projected coming coming out of Kentucky as the lottery pick. And um, if he didn't tear his ACL in college, you know a lot of people thought he could have been the, num- the number one overall pick. Wow. It just didn't work out that way. Um, I think for a lot of reasons outside of his control, it hampered his um, his progression, his development. Uh, playing for the actual process, 76 before they were cool, and <laughs> then playing for um, some bad Dallas Mavericks teams. Um, you know, when you surround yourself with, like, that kind of atmosphere, you know, it can kind of bleed into your personal development. Right. And I think New Orleans has been kind of consistent in himself when I've asked him. I've asked him a few times, uh, going back to Summer League, beginning of the year and then right before the all-star break of like how it feels to play for the thunder how, how how does he feel that they've helped him and how does he feel he's helped himself and he's just said that the same things like it's fun like i'm having fun playing basketball now and you can see it because he makes so many good winning plays he does right. so much to make a team help a team win that that's going to be valued on the market and i think that new Orleans can probably get more money on the open market now he may very well just love his role he may very well love the team you know and Mm -hmm. no one's going to hold that back from him but um i think if he's he he came here to try and rehab his image he came here to try and rehab his basketball career i think he's done that so unless he just has a change of heart i don't think we're going to see new orleans on the team next year which is sad but um, i'll be happy for him because i've always liked him i always thought he got kind of a bad rap with those bad teams and uh hopefully he can uh get some of the money that he probably left on the table back in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, like, kind of a piggybacking off of what Brady said. I really like Nerlens. I like all the things that he's done this season. I like kind of the mindset he had coming to Oklahoma City. So, I mean, I'm going to wish him best wherever he goes. And I do agree that this is this is a business. This is kind of just how it works. So, if he's not on the team next year, that just means that he did accomplish what he was hoping to accomplish, and it's time to move on. So, um, I'm interested to see what happens. But, I mean – 
I I have been so impressed with Nerlens Noel this season, especially when he has had to step in and be that starting center spot. He's just been phenomenal. So good for Nerlens. And okay, so we do have a couple more. They're not exactly um, relevant, relevant, <laughs> but we do see your questions. We do see your comments on Twitter. So thank you for reaching out and doing that. So every let's go question ahead. is relevant. Yeah, every <laughs> question is relevant. But we're gonna end with this one. It's from Geo. And uh, he asked us, did any of the guys stay in town for All-Star break slash get some practice in? I think Abdul Nader stayed in town. Okay. I I did not see him in Turks and Caicos. I don't don't know how to say this politely, um, so I'll just say it how it's coming out of my brain. Um, Typically, that level of player um, will stay with the coaching staff. So if the coaching staff was still in town, you know, they'll get that extra work in. Alex Abrinas used to do that a lot. yeah. The reason why I say Abdul Nader is because he did not, he was the only guy on the team that I, I think didn't really show off that he was somewhere else. Right. So, um, and I think he did like one charity thing in early All Star break. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so in Oklahoma City. So I'm just assuming it was Abdul. But I, I think most of most of the guys were out having fun with their families. Right. But everybody is, a, we were talking about this in the media room today. Um, a few years ago, this team was like a bunch of single guys and Russell Westbrook who had just. You know, was recently married. Right. Just recently had his first child. Um, now everybody's married or has a kid. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a team of like learned doctors crazy, and a team right? of adults now. Man, thunder. Oh, I did see Dennis. Dennis stayed in town because he does have that brand new baby, and he posted. Um, he brought his son Dennis um, <laughs> and his fiance, wife, girlfriend. I think it's fiance. Lady. Um, Yes, they are engaged. I know that for sure. Okay. Um, and he brought the two of them to the practice facility, and he was practicing, and he let his uh, son watch him practice. I thought that was well, real that sweet. Well, that is just so sweet. We that should, was sweet. Let's end on that sweet note. I, I just thought that was real sweet. Oh. And he is uh, he's bringing in another Dennis Schroeder to the world, Dennis Schroeder Jr. There are spy Dennis Schroeders. <laughs> wow. Um, special shout out to Rudy, to the undisclosed Rudy's location in, in Norman for <laughs> <laughs> uh, letting us talk about basketball off in the uh, dark corner of the restaurant complex. It's been a fun time. Uh, shout out to Lon Kruger who said, uh, "Yeah, you guys should get Buddy Heald to do your podcast." <laughs> I agree. I would I love. Agree. I would love to talk about talk to Buddy Heald about uh, uh, kicking Texas's ass a few times. That'd be really fun. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll just sit here and be like, yep, uh-huh. Madison, yep. don't don't, uh-huh. don't ruin my fanboyism. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, everybody, hope you all had a great All-Star break. Thank you guys so much for the questions. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, we both really, really, really appreciate it. It means a ton to us. And All-Star, uh, the NBA season is a grind, and you guys make it more fun. So. Um, oh, sweet. Oh. Oh. Um, but yes, we will be coming at you in waves tonight, tomorrow night, the following night, you're two just, nights from then. It's, you're never going to get too yeah, much of us. You can't escape. You can't, you can't escape, escape us. <laughs> uh, resistance is futile. Uh, Madison, <laughs> any final thoughts? Uh, no final thoughts, really. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super I'm super pumped for basketball to be back in session. Space I think it's Jam going to Space Jam 2 starting filming in the uh, summer. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's going to be Wait, really? Yeah, it's going serious? to. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Is it LeBron? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch that's it the, because That's the one reason why he went to the Lakers. They're going to write that into the story. Ah, that's like, nice. The, the Monstars are like you need to go to the Lakers because 
of market shares mm, and that's lovely and advertisements and HBO specials. Well, they have put the uh, the original Space Jam on Hulu, and yes, I've watched it like twenty times. Oh, so. I'm gonna go home and watch that right now. It's fantastic. I also got it out of the uh, five dollar movie bin at Walmart, so <laughs> I'm like stacked and loaded with Space Jam. Madison, drive safe. I will. I will. Yeah, shout out to Rudy and Safe Bed and Arrow starting. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show. Y'all have a good rest of your night, and we'll talk to you guys very, very soon.